So everyone's given their take on who should be the next offensive coordinator for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Joe Moorhead's name has emerged. Should Penn State stay in-house and take J1 Sider? Well, we're going to discuss specifically those two candidates and what we learned about the dynamic between James Franklin and Mike Yersich on this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch. Every single day we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions. Get to download the Game Time app and use promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. That's the Game Time app. Create an account and use promo code Locked On College. I appreciate all the support on this channel. It has been crazy the past couple of days. If you aren't in every day or become one, subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Join the conversation, be active in the comments section, and leave a like on these episodes. Really appreciate the support thus far. And we're talking Joe Moorhead. Is this the second coming, the return of Joe Moorhead to Happy Valley? J1 Sider is going to share play calling duties with Ty Howell, but it seemed like that was the obvious choice if Penn State was going to stay in-house. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. J1 Sider is one of, is the ideal candidate if that's what they're going to do. We definitely learned some things from the James Franklin press conference today as he had was held accountable, right? Asking questions, taking questions about the whole situation. No, we're not going to talk about Rutgers. I know he was teasing, saying, hey, does anyone ask, want to ask about the Scarlet Knights? No, that's not what the conversation was about. Let's, let's talk about Joe Moorhead, though. So Joe Moorhead is interesting because of the success that he had for just a couple of years at Penn State, but he's not exactly in the best situation either. He's a head coach at Akron. Now, he might think differently. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Joe Moorhead is the head coach at Akron. They're not doing too well right now. They're they're two and eight. They weren't any better a season before. And he takes this job after being the offensive coordinator at Oregon. And then he was fired, of course, from the Mississippi State job that he accepted after he finished his time at, at Penn State. But he had wild success with the Nittany Lions and James Franklin. Those were the best offenses. 2016 and 2017 are going to be remembered at least as some of the best offenses, I, I would say in, in a top in Penn State history, top ten, Joe Moorhead's offenses were talented and they knew how to use that talent. So it makes sense why everybody puts Joe Moorhead at the top. He's not really uh, having so much success. Too much. He's not overachieving by any any stretch of the imagination, but he does have a head coaching job. It's not a power five job. It is a group five job. He's in he's in the MAC. He's at Akron. But there's some other factors that are going into this. Adam Brenneman, former Penn State tight end. Of course, we've seen him interview James Franklin. He's one of the one of the leaders, at, the leader at state media, right, covering additional things to Penn State football. And the first thing that he said, the first thing that James Franklin should do is make a phone call to Joe Moorhead. So uh, Joe Moorhead is probably on the list. We, even if we don't see an official list from James Franklin or Penn State ever, it, it's safe to assume that Joe Moorhead's going to be one of those phone calls to say, hey, would you consider? And, and I'm here to say that he will probably not consider. Joe Moorhead is not coming back to Penn State uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, he's in he's in a head coaching spot. That, that's the first reason. 
is that he's not going to go backwards from leading a program, albeit they're not that successful, but he is at Akron. He is the head coach. And his goal, this is the second reason, his goal is to get a better head coaching job. Now, some people could argue that if Joe Moorhead takes the Penn State offensive coordinator spot and gives up the Akron head coaching job, that he will have that success again and land a job that's a little more that's a little more suited for him, if you will. Uh, his goal is not to stay at Akron for the rest of his career. That's that's what we're finding out. So according to Happy Valley Insider, this comes from Penn State Rivals. I want to give them clear credit on this because they are reporting this. There is a source. There is a source that is close to Joe Moorhead that is saying that he intends to stay put, at least for now, at Akron. That I mean, this is only a second season with the Zips. And, and, and Rome wasn't built one day. So he's got to show that he can continue to develop a program. He's not really in a position to go backwards and become an offensive coordinator once again. So this isn't this isn't the words from Joe Moorhead, but the understanding is that you still make the call. You still make the call and say, hey, coach, what, what do you think about just for, for old time's sake, right? But Joe Moorhead's goal in mind is to finish out his time at Akron, and then if something emerges that is in the Power Five, that he would take that. So Joe Moorhead's return, I, I think, is on hold, at, at least at this point. I, I didn't have any confidence in it anyway, even if his camp, even if sources close to him, uh, whether they confirmed or denied anything. My assumption was that just because he was a head coach, if he was still the offensive coordinator at Oregon, I would actually think that that lateral move would make sense if he was still there. But then Akron hired him and he's back in a head coach. He wants to be a head coach. He was the head coach at Fordham. Then he took the Penn State offensive coordinator job, which made sense. He was at the FCS level. That made sense. You are now back at Division One FBS. But Oregon is far away from his family. And Joe Moorhead has made it very clear that he values his family very much by returning to that area in general. Akron, Ohio is not far from Pittsburgh, where he has a lot of family relationships in that area. So proximity, that that matters to Coach Moorhead here. Uh, so Penn State, not far away, but neither is Akron here. But that's what I'm saying. If he was still out with Oregon, there is a very good chance that he would have taken a lateral move and returned to Penn State, but the situation is, of course, different. And, and Joe Moorhead would be my ideal candidate if Penn State was going to, to go out and find another offensive coordinator because they got two good in-house ones. But with, I think, the conversations that James Franklin and Penn State have had, this needs to be a big splash hire. And why I bring up J1 Sider, and this, this category fits with Ty Howell as well, but J1 Sider has definitely deserved an offensive coordinator job to this point. And I have some thoughts on him in the second segment. Before we get to J1 Sider, let's hear from a sponsor on today's episode, and that is Game Time. You got to download the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to everything sports, music, comedy, theater near you. And some of the things that I like about the Game Time experience, because I, I've used the app to buy tickets. Well, first, you can get last minute tickets. We all know that, but you get flash deals on those last minute tickets. So already buying tickets at the last second, you get a discount on, on those tickets. It's easy to find tickets for any kind of event in your area. So you're able to search where your area is 
and then all the events are going to be listed for you and it's easy to see it that way now this is personally my favorite feature when you're going through the app and you got to say okay where are my seats going to be where am i going to be sitting there's no second guessing because you have image views of the seats so when you get to the event you're not second guessing yourself should i have picked these seats because i don't really like my view you get an authentic look at where you're going to be sitting at the venue Game time is the, la is the place to get those last-second deals on everything. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and so much more. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, and redeem, and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And the Locked On Podcast Network amps up college football coverage every Friday, 11 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time across all the Locked On College YouTube channels, and including this one, Locked On Nittany Lions. And they talk about everything that you need to know for the weekend slate of games with, with the experts that you need to hear about them from. So they talk about the big conference rivalries, the college football playoff implications that Penn State is no longer involved in. Uh, and, and so much more. That is Locked On College Football Kickoff live on YouTube across all the Locked On College YouTube channels every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And let's continue to discuss Penn State's coaching situation. And J1 Sider coming coming into this in this into this situation now as the co. So he was already the co-offensive coordinator for the Nittany Lions alongside of Mike Yersich. So they were already developing the game plan together. But now he and Ty Howe, from what we have learned, are actually going to be splitting play-calling duties. J1 Sider will be down on the field, and Ty Howe will be up in the booth. And that that's really interesting to me. Interesting why they wouldn't go one way or the other. I don't know if, because you got to get into a rhythm. It's like a quarterback. When you're calling plays, we saw how Mike Yersich really wouldn't get into rhythm. But now for, for J1 Sider and Ty Howell to split, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know why. Do they call every other play? Do they call every other drive? Does one call one half? Does one call the other? Uh, is J1 taking three quarters? Is Ty Howell taking another? I'm, I'm not sure here. Or do they confirm together? Is there Sider is calling the plays? I feel like this would take a lot of time, though. And then Howell basically confirms or denies. No, let's go. I feel like that would take too much time. So I, I can't foresee that one. But J1 Sider is in an interesting is in an interesting spot because he has paid his dues he has bided his time and i opened up the conversation about this on on x on twitter you can see it on the screen if you're watching live if you're listening to this back at zach underscore safe where we have more of these conversations outside of the podcast themselves i in a different scenario in a different situation let me explain where j1 sider's coming from because James Franklin is caught between a rock and a hard place here. Jalen Sider's his guy, one of them. He has a great relationship with, with Sider. He talked about Sider's loyalty in his press conference today. I mean, Sider's definitely been loyal. This is somebody that has had multiple opportunities to return to his home state, to accept other positions uh, on other coaching staffs. He's from Florida. Remember that. He's born and raised in Florida. And he stayed in Happy Valley for the past six years. now. He has, he has gained some accolades, right? The titles are different. It's no longer just running backs coach and, and a recruiting coordinator. It is now the co-offensive coordinator. So up to a point, yes, he's, he's essentially maxed out everything that he could do here 
accept play calling. Jalen Sider wants to be an offensive, a full offensive coordinator, a play caller. But let's backtrack a little bit. I know everything's not perfect and, and a wrench can get thrown into these situations, but the assumed plan was for Mike Yursich to be successful, right? You want everybody to be successful because we've seen Ricky Ronnie go on to a head coaching job. We've seen Joe Moorhead, who we've already talked about in the show, go on to a head coaching job, Mississippi State, Old Dominion, respectively, right? Uh, but those two, and James Franklin has had Brent Pry. The, the goal was for Mike Yursich to be at Penn State for maybe three, four, five years. And this was really the year this was supposed to take off and boost his resume. I'm just saying how it was supposed to go. But the assumed plan was that Mike Yursich uses this as a launch pad for a head coaching job. Makes sense, right? Joe Moorhead did it. Ricky Ronnie did it. I know different levels of football, but still, you get my point. And then Penn State internally, maybe they still would have gone outside of the program. I'm not saying that they couldn't, but the idea was that J1 Sider would have been patient, but then perfect as that in-house candidate because what happened when Joe Moorhead left? Ricky Ronnie was promoted. So now you see. So they went outside of the program, brought Joe Moorhead in. Then it became Ricky Ronnie inside of the program. Mike Yursich now moves on to J1 Sider. This was the perfect scenario for Penn State and James Franklin and adds another head coach to the coaching tree, right? But this has obviously been accelerated, as you can see, as Mike Yursich was let go from the job, and he's probably further than he's ever been from a head coaching job. Maybe he can find a group five spot, but he's probably that's probably what he's going to have to do as an offensive coordinator or go be a, a passing game coordinator like he was at Ohio State. For, for the time being, because he went from Oklahoma State to Ohio State to Texas for the one season, and then Penn State picked him up in, in 2021. But things have accelerated. James Franklin was most likely told by Pat Kraft, and, and the not the not necessarily, he calls them the leadership group, right? That, that, that can factor in anybody. Basically, the, the coalition that talks about these big decisions here. But James Franklin was probably put in a position now Coach, you can't make the move that you would like to in a perfect world because no, it is no longer a perfect world. You need to make a splash hire, a job-saving hire, maybe. I don't know exactly how that conversation went, but definitely a splash hire. So let's look at J1 Sider. Promoting within is not the, is not the sexy move. <laughs> it's not the glamorous move, right? Oh, you just someone, yes, they paid their dues. It's a feel-good story. But it's not exactly the one that that breaks the internet. Like, whoa, Penn State made this person the next offensive coordinator. That's what happened with Manny Diaz, former Miami, Florida head coach. And it's like, whoa, that broke the sports world for a couple of days. And all, the, all these things are rapid fire. But J1 Sider isn't exactly that. And it's not to be disrespectful. I would like, if Penn State's going to hire within, make J1 Sider the play caller here. But I find it, again, I find it interesting that they're split in play calling duties between him and Ty Howell. It's going to be a collective. Danny O'Brien's going to have uh, more say as well and have more influence on the quarterbacks. We, we figured that out. But I can sit back and say that, no, J1 Sider is not a splash higher by our definitions here. So with that being said, is Penn State at risk? This is how it comes full circle here. Is Penn State at risk? of losing J1 Sider if he's not promoted to full offensive coordinator and handles play calling duties. I would think so. I really would. How much longer can you wait at a place where you're not going to be able to move up? 
this goes this goes for anything, right? Business world, the sports world, any of it. How long can you stay at a spot where you can you can only add so many more titles? What other titles can he have? He's basically moved up as far as he can without breaking the glass ceiling here. We know that J1 Sider wants to be an offensive coordinator with play calling duties. You cannot tell me if a serious power five job opened up and we know that there have been jobs that have been interested in him as a head coaching candidate, maybe not necessarily aggressively interviewing him, but I'm talking about how about FAU? FAU decided to hire Tom Herman, but they also talked to Manny Diaz. What conversations might they have had with J1 Sider? So that's the, the college football world really considers Sider as an up-and-coming type of coach, a candidate that eventually can be a great play caller and a head coach. If Penn State is going to have to make the supposed splash higher, do you risk losing J1 Sider because he is not getting the promotion that he deserves? And I say yes. I really do. His son is no longer at Penn State, right? That made sense. His son went to State High and then played uh, played for the Nittany Lions. Even though he was a backup, he was on the team. He's graduated. He's done. There, there's nothing really connecting Coach Sider to Penn State to Happy Valley anymore. And I, I think this is, if you're going, you're going to have to make some sacrifices if this is now Penn State's goal of making a Manny Diaz type of hire for offensive coordinator. I compared this I compared this to James Franklin's situation, right? At Maryland. Maybe not everyone knows the Maryland story, but James Franklin was the head coach in waiting for the Terrapins. They had Ralph Fringen and they I understand wanting to respect his career and getting the most out and letting him have a proper send-off. But the fridge wanted to stick around longer and, and there was a little bit of a disconnect. James Franklin was supposed to be the head coach in waiting and was supposed to have that job sooner rather than later. Eventually, sooner turned into later and then never because Vanderbilt came calling. And that's why I say Coach Franklin's in a rock and a hard and between a rock and a hard place here because I think the idea, the want was to promote Coach Sider. But when your job moves from pretty secure to a little bit questionable here, you're going to have to make some decisions and some sacrifices that you don't like. Vanderbilt called and Franklin left and Maryland did not make the right decision by promoting within and making him the head coach sooner rather than later. The situation could be the same with J1 Sider. And that's ideally my candidate for the Penn State offensive coordinator spot, especially if they're going to stay in house. But honestly, I think he's up there. If you have, if you have your choice of anybody, J1 Sider's in my top three. I don't know exactly what other candidates would be interested across all of the United States and the pros and the college level. Yes, obviously there. Joe Moorhead, I think if he was a, a free agent, you would take him in a heartbeat. But I think Sider gets an equal shot and gets an equal amount of interviews as a Joe Moorhead as as anybody else, unless it's somebody like a Hall of Fame type of type of coach, right? I, I think J1 Sider has definitely earned that. But we've learned a lot from this whole situation about Mike Yersich, James Franklin. What we know now is a lot more than what we knew on Sunday when the news broke. And I'm very eager to discuss this. Let's hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is Jace Medical. We spent we spent a lot of time talking together, you and I, and and we've certainly gotten fired up o- over the wins and the losses, right? Michigan and Ohio State, who starts, who sits, the changes around the coaching staff, and I'm thankful for the connection, the discussion that we can have about Penn State. But today, I want to chat about something a little more personal. 
Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. And thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis and Viagra prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues have caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love wants to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of your daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered to you. And remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. That is Jace Medical. Today's episode is also brought to you by Team Ticker. And the people that are watching this get to see in the back, well, what's a Team Ticker? It is that beautiful sign, my friend. It is that gorgeous sign that Team Ticker has sent me. Team Ticker is the one-of-a-kind sports sign for Nittany Lion fans. Whether it's football and men's basketball, baseball, soccer, softball, Team Ticker has you covered. Never miss a game as that high-tech retro display back there provides a countdown to the next big game as well as daily updates on the latest team news, stats, schedules, standings, and so much more. The rankings, you can see it all right there. Now, it's really easy to set up. I set it up. It took me a matter of minutes. You can hang it on the wall easily, but then the mobile app, you download the mobile app, and then it's easy to connect to the internet so that you can get those daily updates that are always ready to go. Each sign is officially licensed, meeting high-quality standards, and is assembled by hand in the U.S. Team Ticker is the ultimate upgrade to your Nittany Lions sports collection. Once you hang it on your wall, it's going to be the talk of all your fellow Penn State fans. If you're looking for that one eye-catching item to showcase your team pride or a special gift for a special certain Nittany Lions fan, go to teamticker.com and pick up your team ticker today. And this is a flash sale here. $50 off your team ticker purchase for with the holiday season. Team ticker is a one-of-a-kind sports sign from now and still going on until further notice for the holiday season. You get $50 off by going to teamticker.com and use promo code Locked On. For fifty dollars for that fifty dollars off your team ticker purchase, teamticker.com special holiday sale now going on fifty dollars off with promo code locked on at checkout when you buy a team ticker sign. And in this final segment, we're we're going. We had some new information come to light. I do want to give a shout out to Happy Valley Insider for uh, for the report that they've had on just where where Joe Moorhead is thinking. Never say never, but it, it was safe to assume that Moorhead was not going to be one of the one of the most secure candidates, if you will, in this situation here. But but now we, we've learned quite a bit. And I, and I post some discussion because it's trying to figure out the balance here. Who, who was at fault? Was it that Mike Yersich went rogue and really wasn't listening to what James Franklin had to say? Again, remember, Mike Yersich, James Franklin is his boss. So whatever James Franklin says, he's got to do or he's going to be on the chopping block here, right? You got to listen to your boss. Um, or if you don't and you decide to do something uh, something else another way, a different way that's against the status quo, you better show the results for it if you're going to do that. And it's better to right? It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. We don't know here, but James Franklin definitely laid out some indicators, if you will, some hints 
as to what was going on. Coach Franklin said that the the game plan and the in-game play calling were were wrong. That some there was a there was some sort of disconnect between James Franklin and Mike Yersich because this is what I posed on, on X on Twitter. I Mike Yersich is supposed to be the the head coach of the offense. Everything that he says goes, and then James Franklin is supposed to co-sign it. But what if there was a disconnect as far as how they wanted to call plays, how there wanted to be a game plan? As the head coach, the buck stops with you, but James Franklin is very hands-off with both the offense and the defense, at least more so than maybe some other programs. Manny Diaz is the head coach of the defense. He essentially doesn't get to do everything that he wants, but he's calling the shots. He's calling the plays. Everything that he has most of the influence. And then James Franklin's like, yep, we got it. You know, there's, there's some things that I can add. Let's tweak, let's work on it as a team, but I trust your, fir- I trust your judgment first and last. The same thing goes with Mike Yersich. We've noticed that James Franklin over the years does not micromanage his coordinators. And that's very important. Does not, you can't, they are not going to bring in a coordinator. And this is what also kind of leads me to believe, well, what about J1 Sider? J1 Sider would be a first time play caller. James Franklin just doesn't operate that way. He allows the coordinators a lot of flexibility to do what they need to do. But I, I just, when you look at what Mike Yersich has done over the years, uh, over Oklahoma State, he was with Oklahoma State for five years. He was with Texas for one year and was the passing game coordinator at Ohio State and, and showed some success. He, he showed some success. I mean, Justin Fields, right? That 2019 team was pretty good, unfortunately. I hate to say that. But I was willing to sit back and say, like, I almost could all but guarantee with the talent that Penn State had and what Mike Yersich had run previously at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had decent talent compared to Katron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, and Drew Aller. The, the talent isn't quite to that level or the potential, I should say. But Oklahoma State was a machine in 2018. They had the 13th best offense. They had Taylor Cornelius as the quarterback. How many people in this, how many people watching right now listening know who Taylor Cornelius is? Probably not a lot of you. Maybe some of you recognize Justice Hill and Chuba Hubbard because they're on NFL rosters right now and they're and they're complementary pieces to the offenses that they're in, but they play. They play. They were really good together. They were really good together at Oklahoma State that year. And what they did. Well, Justice Hill's got to be on the bench if Chuba Hubbard's out there. We got to save their legs. No, Mike Yursich would run both of them out of shotgun. They went up-tempo. They were one of the fastest teams in all of the country. Why was that not brought over to Penn State? It was wildly successful. Someone made a point of saying, well, it was Mike Gundy's influence, and maybe that could be very well true. We're we're never going to know that. But the success was there. We saw it at practice. Nicholas Singleton to the left hip and Catron Allen to the right hip of Drew Aller out of shotgun takes the snap fake handoff one way you dump it out into the flat to the other it's artable but if you pay attention to what coach franklin says about how they are going to use running backs we're going to keep them fresh we are not going to overexert them we're not going to give them too much of a workload because it's a long season and for running backs the career span in the nfl or just in football in general is the shortest i understand coach franklin's reasoning but you can't use that formation sometimes. Why, why could it work at Oklahoma State, but it couldn't work at Penn State? 
I really thought we were going to see Singleton outside of the T formation, right? Everyone can say, well, they were on the field at the same time for the T formation. No, I'm talking about you start your drive at the 25 and you got to drive 75 yards down the field and get a quick score. Out of shotgun, I thought you were going to go more 21 and 22 personnel with the two running backs. And they never did that once. But that is a Mike Yursich idea. James Franklin's idea is, no, let's preserve the longevity of our talented running backs. They need to be healthy and ready to go in the fourth quarter. And coach, I agree with that logic. But why did you bring in Trey Potts? What's the point of having running back depth if you can't even run it for a few plays, a drive just to change things up? Be, keep defenses on their heels. Imagine that a counter with Katron Allen or a fake Tim, your entire defense is flows with that. And then Nicholas Singleton gets the football out in open space. So there was clearly a disconnect because things that were working that Mike Yersuch was probably going to bring over and integrate either wasn't wanted or it didn't work or it wasn't called. That's, that's what we found out today that there was a disconnect and you don't fire an offensive coordinator in the middle of the season at like this. I know you have two games left in a hypothetical bowl game. So Penn state's going to play three more football games for this season, but you can't tell me that this wasn't brewing, that this wasn't being, this wasn't something that was made on the fly. It's just like, Oh, the Michigan game happened. We know that we're firing Mike Yersich. These discussions were probably happening after the Ohio state game, maybe even before, maybe even before, because it was not a good look when you put up only 30 points against Illinois, when Penn state's defense best in the country, may I add is helping the offense start 27% of drives on the other side of the 50 Penn state's offense should have been prolific. I know there's issues at the wide receiver spot. I know that drew Aller is a first year starter. But then what was the point of getting him an experience in all those games last year? What was the point of getting him on campus early so that he could get used to the college football atmosphere? You have Katron Allen, you have Nicholas Singleton. There is no reason, and especially with the best offensive line in recent memory for Penn State, that this offense couldn't have been more successful. And those games against Ohio State and Michigan, they ended up being losses, but they were very winnable. And that is why Mike Yersich was let go. You failed once, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And that's kind of where we're at with Ohio State and Michigan now, both of them. Michigan scored 24, Ohio State scored 20. There is no reason that Penn State couldn't put up something at 27, 30 points against these two teams. I know that they're, look, I get that they are top five defenses. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, think about that. All those defenses, top five defenses in the country are in the Big Ten East. May I add, not only the Big Ten Conference, but the Big Ten East. And Penn State had to go up against two of them. I get that. But I, I just think how expectations fell short and the defense and Manny Diaz did its job and the offense did not do it. We just know that there was a disconnect, whether it was James Franklin wanted to do things differently or Mike Yersich wanted to do things differently. They obviously weren't on the same page. Who knows what those conversations were like? But this had been brewing probably for a majority of the season. And that's why it happened after game 10, because the results didn't back everything up. All the headaches, all the miscommunications, all those conversations, they couldn't be backed up, especially because the results did not go their way. And that's going to conclude another edition of Locked on Nittany Lines. I appreciate everyone tuning in for this one. You can watch it back. You can listen to it back. If you missed anything, 
help out the channel, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, including the YouTube channel. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section about who you think should be Penn State's next offensive coordinator. If firing Mike Yersich, I know a lot of people agree that firing Mike Yersich was probably the best decision by Penn State, but this gets really interesting and there's going to be a lot of ramifications from this. Ultimately, even when they pick an offensive coordinator, it could be the best hire in the world. But I think Penn State's going to be making some sacrifices here. And we'll have more of that on the show. A lot more discussions about it as Penn State does play Rutgers. Remember, there is a game this week. Penn State does play Rutgers. But all those conversations will happen right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.